Hello and welcome to the Wealth Reliance Podcast. My name is Dave Deal. This is the podcast for the side cash hustler. If you want insights, real life experience from people just like you on how they started creating side income, you are in the right place. Documented experiences of people creating a few hundred dollars to extra tens of thousands of dollars a month. Make sure to subscribe and review. This means more than you know. Also, feel free to check us out at selfreliantwealth.com. Before we jump into the episode, let's take a minute to thank our sponsors. Hello and welcome everybody to episode number 29 of the Wealth Reliance Podcast. My name is Dave Deal and I'm your host. Today, we have such a cool guest speaker. I absolutely love this man. He is somebody that uh, I was able to spend some time with up in Toronto, Canada, um, when we were serving a mission for our church. And uh, we had we didn't get to spend a ton of time together, but I think in that short amount of time, we really did uh, develop a, a really unique, fun friendship. And we've kept in touch a little bit here and there over the years, and we recently just got back in touch. Um, he uh, and his family came up to visit me up here in Oakley and uh, we were able to reconnect and just said, Hey, why don't we put something together? He was telling me about some of the different business ideas that he's working on and uh, really trying to get his, you know, new business off the ground. And I think he relates perfectly to the listeners because it's that stage where, you know, you have the security of a job and he's working on making that transition to developing and building his own company. So without further ado, let's welcome Garrett Gross to the podcast. Hey, thanks, Dave. It's a pleasure to be here, man. Absolutely, dude. I'm so pumped that uh, you know we we're able to make this happen, and I'm able to uh, you know just talk more about what you've got going on, man. It's it's exciting. That's what it is. It's exciting when you were up here and we were chatting. <laughs> just was like, okay, this is. is awesome. We've got to feature this and and really dive in. So, dude, tell us a little bit about you, man. Tell us about uh, you know what you're up to now. Um, I can see you've got some amazing toys in the background. So I know, uh, yes. you know we'll yes. want to hear about, hear about the kids too. So just tell us about yourself. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, like, like you said, my name's Garrett Gross. Uh, we met in Canada, which was a good time. And um, right now we're living in Grand Junction, Colorado. I recently graduated with a business marketing degree. And uh, when I did that, my wife and I uh, started looking at jobs, applying to different things, and I, I would find jobs that really weren't a good fit, or I would get offered a job, but then when push came to shove about benefits and salary, like it just wasn't going to work for us. So I got a little a little frustrated, so I started my own marketing agency, as it were. <laughs> so cool, man. I love it. Yeah, yeah, it's it, it's been fun. It's been a wild ride. I've been going at it for a few months now, like four. So I'm I'm still getting my feet wet. You know, they teach you lots of stuff in school. Uh, the you know they teach you about uh, return on investment and uh, they get take accounting classes and da 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 da, and they give you all this, but then they don't they they, they don't really give you uh, tools like all right, this is how you market on Facebook. This is how you use Twitter. This is how you start a company by going to the Secretary of State and doing this stuff. And they don't tell you any of that. 
kind of funny so how that works, been, isn't it? Yeah. But it's, it's, it's been a lot of fun. It's been an adventure, a lot of figuring things out. Um, my wife, she's been really supportive of it. And thankfully she has a good job where, where she can kind of, uh, provide a little bit while I try and start this off. Um, and we got plenty of toys and distractions for the girls, you know, Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> so uh, that, that helps me out during the daytime, but that's just kind of a brief overview. I don't know if Dude, you, want you didn't me even talk that. about biking. What's that? You didn't even talk about biking. Biking. Yeah. So huge into biking for a long time. Uh, I started off, you'll, you'll laugh at this stage. So when I got home from my mission, uh, I, I went in and, and had a physical because insurance, you know, that they want you to go anyway. So I go in there and the doctor, he was like, you know, overall you're in good shape, but, um, you've really got to exercise, man. <laughs> you're like, what, uh, what was I just doing for the last two years? <laughs> I know. Right. <laughs> oh man. Oh. I know. So my cousin who lived upstairs in the upstairs apartment, he was into mountain biking and he introduced me to it and he got me hooked pretty bad. So I've been, that's what I did for exercise for, you know, for like seven years. I started mountain biking and then I didn't want to pay for tune-ups anymore. So I learned how to work on my own bikes. And then I got a job at bike shops and I just, I got, uh, I got um, addicted as it were. (laughs) That's so cool, man. I love it. Yeah, yeah. Way cool. Okay, dude. So tell let's uh let's talk a little bit about the uh this transition of going from, you know, working at, at the bike shop and really starting to build the marketing company. I mean, what would you say has been one of the biggest things, the obstacles you've had to overcome? What's been one of the biggest, you know, just like, uh, what do I do? Banging my head against the wall moments. Oh man. <laughs> There's a few, so many, so many. Uh, well, the, I think the biggest one that is trying to figure out how I can take all this bike knowledge and be profitable with it. Because uh, like in the bike industry, everybody's got a buddy who's into bikes or, or whatever. Uh, and so when I would be selling bikes and talking to people about bikes, they, I, I would give them my advice, like, okay, you're gonna, you're going to be mountain biking, uh, but it's going to be really smooth trails. But you also tell me uh, you want to commute, so therefore, I think you need bike X. But then their buddy comes and uh, like, oh no, no, you need bike Y, and so like they won't, they they wouldn't listen to me despite me being the mechanic, right? And uh, so that they would buy bike x and come back and be disappointed and (laughs) and and then you have to deal with that right and and so for the last several years i've ran into that scenario quite a bit mostly with women uh with you know the the girlfriend has a boyfriend he tells her anyway uh so that that's been kind of a frustrating thing and like when when you and i chatted when i was up at your place I, I think that I could I could really help people out if I start consulting, which was your idea, which I thank you for, by the way. Uh, if I, 
I, I think that, that if I can start consulting people, and let me backtrack for a sec. I have, I have a friend that I ride with all the time who's a cardiologist. And he tells me that when people come to his office and they're paying thousands of dollars to listen to him and sit in his office and talk to him, consult, right? They do exactly what he says. But if he goes to a family reunion or a graduation reunion, and just gives them info, he said they never listen, ever. And I feel like that is kind of what I was doing as, as bike sales, bike mechanic, is I'm just kind of giving information, and therefore they don't take me as serious as their buddy, right? Mm-hmm. And so then they come back later, and they're all upset yep. because something doesn't work. So I, I find this a lot in bicycles, and I feel like I could really help people out if I start doing a, pro- a professional consulting gig um, and, and charge people money so that they take me seriously uh, and I can help them find a bike that will be what they need. <laughs> I love you know? it. I, and and, and it's, it's kind of an effort to take my knowledge and help people not have buyer's remorse, you know, because I'm sure we've all had it. And it's super annoying, right? It's just that, that moment where you're just like, what have I done? <laughs> Why did I do this? This is the dumbest idea ever. <laughs> what have I done? <laughs> yeah, totally. Oh, uh, yeah. So I, I feel like I can actually really help people out that way. And it's something I know a lot about and I'm passionate about. But I think that'd be really cool. And then if I can take my marketing skills and uh, marry the two, I feel like I, I could have something really cool. I love it, man. I yeah. love to just the, the, the fact that you're taking, you know, that question of well, what do I know? What am I good at? What am I an expert at? And figuring out how you can not only monetize it, but really get that value to people, get it in the hands of people that need it the most. Right. Yeah. I think that's something that really is very important. We all have a story within each of us. We all have something that is unique and fitted to our talents. And so it's really learning how to extract that information and put it out there into the world. And sometimes, you know, we may be afraid to do it. Sometimes we, we may not even know just what questions to ask ourselves. But at the end of the day, you know, we are the ones that have the answers. Like we know that we have the answers to the questions that we seek. But sometimes oh, yeah. it just takes an outside perspective to help us dial it in. Oh, right. yeah. And I think that's exactly what you're doing in that consulting aspect is just saying, hey, look, you guys want a bike. You may have experts and friends, but look, I'm coming here as a third party perspective. Take it for what it is. But this is industry knowledge that I've had for the last seven years. And I've been doing this a long time and I've sold a lot of bikes I've seen a lot of bikes. I've seen a lot of good bikes and a lot of crappy bikes. Exactly. Exactly. That's so cool, man. So let's, uh, let's talk more about the marketing. How has that been? Um, or I guess what, it, what's the greatest thing you've learned? What's been one of those moments where you're like, okay, you know, we talked about the pain points, but what about the learning experience? You, you talked about how you, know, you learn all this stuff in college, but it doesn't even apply to you know, what you're doing right now, because you're doing marketing for a bike shop. That's one of your clients currently, right? Yeah, well, kind of. I, I have a proposal to take uh, to a bike shop. So that, awesome. that that's still kind of in, in the beginning stages. But I've done some marketing for uh, the Sharp Shop in Tremont, Utah. Uh, I've done, I'm helping my, 
my cousin, he's starting a whip making business. He makes big old long sweet. Yeah, like Indiana Jones stuff. Dude, man. you gotta you gotta hook me up with uh, that website so we can send our listeners there. All right, <laughs> I'll post well, it in the show notes, and they can go get whips so we can start whipping each other. Heck yeah, dude. <laughs> yeah, so that's been a lot of fun. Um, I've uh, I've done just a bunch of small things here here and there, but the the thing that that I've that I found the most astonishing and mind blowing is like what you can sell if you market it right. Hmm. So, uh, for example, I'm reading this book. I'll show the book. Russell Br- Russell Brunson. We talked a little bit about him. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Good so book. His, uh, his expert secrets. Pretty good book. I'm not. I'm not done with it. I'm still in the beginning. But and we we talked about this. But he found out that there's like no good information on potato guns. And so he, he, he learned how to make a potato gun. And then he was like, I wonder how many people search that same thing that weekend goes in, finds it like thousands of people search that. And so then he makes a DVD on how to make freaking potato guns. And he, and he makes money doing it. Right. <laughs> so funny, man. It just, it blows me away. It really does. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I can't believe it. And so the, the thing I've learned is if, if you learn how to market something, you can sell it, which is, it's just, it, it blows my mind what people will buy. Like um, I read this book, uh, how to become a marketing superstar. Uh, and I have a podcast on that uh, marketing shop talk, but um, so Jeffrey, Jeffrey J Fox writes it. And he also talks about value too. So obviously you can't market something and charge too much. But if there's a value where you can't charge a lot, this person, so the story in the book, this person who knows Picasso, like knows of Picasso, big fan of Picasso's paintings, right? She spots him in a restaurant and think, oh my gosh, Picasso, I'm such a big fan, blah, 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 blah. Can you, can you draw me something on this napkin, right? And so he draws something on the napkin in like five minutes. And she's thinking, oh, this guy's so great. I'm going to get this. Picasso drawing, right? And so she reaches out to grab it and he pulls it back and he's like, that'll be ten thousand dollars. <laughs> I love it. And, and and so that that just goes to show the value. And the and the person was like, Well, that only took you five minutes. And Picasso was like, No, it took me 40 years to be able to do that in five minutes. Yep. Yep. Right? I love so, that. There's a value with with experience and expertise and potato guns, you know. Like and and if you can put all those things together, then you could you could have a successful business. It's just how you do it. It's really interesting. So, what has been one of your ah, your most successful ways then to gain some of that market research, gain that data on what people really want or what they need? Well, my biggest success was actually my senior project to get my degree. Uh, to make a long story, not so long. We, <laughs> for the capstone class, we were entered in a competition uh, amongst schools all over the nation. And we were supposed to come up with a marketing plan to sell or to educate and sell like uh, the API and what they do, which they're the American Petroleum Institute. They're the governing body for petroleum. So like the government, you know, wow. like for, for petroleum, right? 
So they they want us to come up with a plan to market to millennials and Gen Z. And Gen Z is like 2000 to like the 2000 area kids. Millennials are 80s to 2000, right? Right. So anyway, we we gathered a bunch of data. We did second um, secondary research and primary research. The primary, we went to the local high school and a teacher agreed to let us survey the kids through the whole day. And so we went the whole day, surveyed a bunch of kids, gathered a bunch of data, put it all together. So we, we came up with a plan and our plan was to basically make a Pokemon Go game. But you, you, <laughs> but you collect petroleum points and then if you gather so many petroleum <laughs> points, you could power stuff. Sim City kind of stuff, right? Genius. So, I love it. <laughs> like a Pokemon Sims hybrid, right? So they liked it and we and they flew us out to DC. We were one of three finalists. And that and we to make a long story short, we ended up getting third. The other two ideas were were good. Uh they were they were different than ours. They weren't like video game based, but anyway. So they, they like those ideas. We got there. We brought home a bunch of money for the university and stuff. But the reason why it was my biggest success isn't, I mean, we got, we got third, right? We were the second loser. But for me, it showed me that, like, I could do this. I can figure stuff out. Like, I can research things and get answers. And that's why it was a big success for me. Um, like I don't want to brag, but I I was pretty instrumental in a lot of the things we did, um, and so right. and so was a co-leader. Like everybody did did a lot of stuff, but I, I really wanted to go. Like I, I I don't know why I wanted to win this competition as bad as I did because I'm not a competitive person, but I <laughs> I just I wanted it so bad, so bad, and and that was just a, a really cool. Just, just really cool experience for me because it, it told me that I could do stuff like that. I could do hard things. And, uh, and then I went and I took that same stuff that I learned and applied for jobs and got job offers using the same stuff I learned from that. So, I mean, it, that, that's why it was my biggest success. Dude, that's so cool. I love that too. And really that just comes back down to, you know, people want to know how they can develop results right? And what it comes down to is just A, taking action, B, that will eventually lead to results. And those results will really, will lead to that self-confidence. And once you have that confidence, dude, you're on fire. Like nobody can take that away from you because you know, you can do it. Like you've proved it to yourself. Absolutely. And, and that's what I did. And that was like the first time I had proven to myself that I could do this, you know, like it, it was, it was an amazing feeling to get that. Dude, I love that. That is so cool. So let's move forward now to, you know, talking about these new ideas you have with the, uh, with bike consulting and even, you know, even in your marketing companies, you're continuing to build clientele and you're starting to do all these different things. What, uh, you know, what is something that you can share with the people that are on this podcast to give you kind of an idea, right? The people that are listening to this are a either in situations where they're just you know just like us where they may be married, they may be single, they may have kids, but it's that 
point where they're really trying to become more self-reliant. They're trying to become more self-sustaining. They're trying to create other types of revenue streams in their life so that they can take control of their, you know, not only their financial situation, but just their life in general. So what type of advice could you give to somebody just starting out? I mean, you're in the trenches. It's not this conversation of, oh, hey, I've made a $100 million company. We're building. We're doing this now. What yeah. type of advice would you give to somebody in, in your shoes? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if I can give advice. I mean, like you said, I'm, I'm not an expert in this. I haven't like made $100,000. But the thing I, I would say is, is that you can do it. And it's really hard. Like the thing that's hard for me is I have to do things late at night because I watch the kids all day. And then my wife comes home, we eat dinner, we do what we need to do. And then she puts the kids to bed. So I'm, I'm up to like one, two, three in the morning trying to build this. And, and the, the advice I would give is, is figure out, figure out what you want to do and how you want to do it. And then do that, you know, and like I, I've, I've done that and I've had to revamp my plan multiple times and I've had to readjust goals multiple times, but that's okay. I mean, as long as you're moving forward, that's what matters, you know, that, and, and you can do it. You, if I can do it, you can do it. <laughs> I love it, man. Well, and you bring up such a good point too, right? Where it's that, that dynamic of how do you, build a business, you're having family life, you're trying to maintain those relationships because that's the most important thing. And, you know, you're talking about being up in one and two, three o'clock in the morning, like, and I, I've been there too, man. I have those nights when it's like, okay, I can't sleep. So forget it. I'm just going to go to work. And then you look at it. I had one the other night that it was five o'clock in the morning and I was like, crap, I got to go take, you know, a nap now because I got to <laughs> grinding away doing other stuff. Yeah. But, um, what has been some of your keys to maintaining that relationship? And, you know, you mentioned your wife has a lot of support for doing what you're doing and how have you guys been able to really develop that type of culture in your family and in your marriage? Uh, so this is going to be kind of a funny answer, but have you ever heard of uh, the love languages book? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, the, was that. it five love languages? Yeah. That's yeah. key right there because before like I never really thought in terms of that and and I mean we, we were doing good and everything but we could be doing better and so my wife got that book and we read it and it's like oh I understand how to help my wife understand that I love her because you can say that all day long but actions are more than words right yep so I, that book, man, the, the love languages, because now I understand how to help her and she understands how to help me. And it's not just this mystery guesswork anymore. Dude, that's, I mean, so, that's a short answer. No, yeah, that's perfect. Told, that was, yeah. That's huge, man. I mean, I don't know. Um, I'm sure there, there are people out there listening to this right now. And, you know, I, I don't know about you, but I've been in situations where my wife was not supportive and it made it that much harder to just grind because you know, you're, you're trying to work, you're trying to build this passion, you're trying to really fuel the, the fire, so to speak. And you don't have the support. And then you're just like, it kind of deflates the sale. And it's like, okay, well, what do I do in that type of situation? But I think you nailed it, right? You're not going to change the person. However, if you want to, and you work hard enough, you can develop and create a culture of understanding 
and of agreements rather than, you know, it's this way or the highway, but you're on the same page and you're in it as a team, which is what the point of family life and marriage even is in the first place. In it as a team. I love that because that's exactly what it is. You're a team, you know. I, I, you know, like football players, there's a quarterback, there's a fullback, there's the da, 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 and they have their jobs, but they're all a team and that's how they accomplish winning. Right. Yep. No, that's a great, great visual to really bring that home. Okay, dude, are you ready to go deep here for a minute? I guess. How deep? Okay. <laughs> deep. So right. I want you to take a second and imagine, okay. Imagine you have just been told that you have one day to live. So you're going to die tomorrow. Oh, man. In these moments, what is it that you are thinking? What's going through your head? And what type of advice are you going to leave to those people closest to you? Oh, geez, that is deep. Uh, Well, I, I guess... Uh, one of the things I would do, I don't know if it's the first thing, but I would want to do it is just um, may, <laughs> tell, tell my wife, you know, it, um, all, all my hobby stuff, uh, this is how much it's worth and this is how you sell it. <laughs> you know, uh, maybe that, uh, you know, kind of get the will in order. Um, I don't know if that's the first thing I do. And I don't know if it'd be very detailed, but. Uh, but for, first of all, I, I would, I, I want my wife to know I love her. And that's not something you should do on your deathbed, I know. But I, I, I would want her to know that. Um, so I guess that, that would be, that's something you got to work on all the time. But I would tell her. I think I would, like my girls are kind of young right now. So if I have a talk with them, it's not going to stick. So I think I would write them a letter and then seal it up and then tell Vana when they're this age then they can open the letter is what I think I'd do. I'd still, I'd still talk to the kids, but the real deep stuff, I think I would write in a letter. Uh, I call my parents. I call my cousin Derek cause he's, he's my right hand man. Um, and uh, I, I would probably just take the day and enjoy it with my family. That's what I would do. What type of advice do you think would be in that letter? Well, to Jill, I think I would tell her that uh, she, I mean, she can do anything she wants. I think I would tell her to um, just, if she, if she works hard, she can do it. I mean, that, that's the long and short of it. That, uh, and that, and then I love her. I would tell I would tell Reagan that <laughs> I, I would tell her to not be bull, so bullheaded all the time. <laughs> Cause she is, she is very bullheaded, but I, I would tell her that. And, and I would tell her I love her and I would tell, I would tell both of them that if, if they want to accomplish things, they'll have to work hard. Um, and that's okay. You know? Uh, and it's it's discouraging. I know. I've been there, been through it. Uh, but that you can do it. I guess that would be the over overlying theme is is that trying to better yourself, trying to uh, 
make your family life better, your financial situation better, your school life better, your work life better. That all takes work. And I think that would be the overlying theme to both of them is, is that it's just, it's work, but that's okay. And it, it can be fun if you make it fun. I guess. I don't know. Is that good advice, oh, Dave? No, I, great <laughs> advice, man. And I think that really goes along the lines too of just like, like what matters most? You know what I mean? When the reason I ask that question, I love the answers that people come up with is because they're all so different, right? There's trends and there's patterns. And really, you know, I'd, I'd say the biggest trend is that people just say, you know, life, life is about living, right? It's about going out there and it's about creating an impact. It's about helping people understand that there's hope. It's about helping them understand that anything is possible. That there is no limitation. There is nothing that can hold you back other than our deepest worst critic, which is ourself. Right? Oh, that, that is by far the underlying concept and principle here, I think, is that if you can learn how to overcome your own inner battles, then, dude, anything's possible. It is. And, and it's funny you mentioned inner battles because that if you talk to athletes or like listen to listen to interviews with athletes or people that like do extreme mountain climbing and stuff or military they all talk about the mental game is the hardest thing of it all and that's true in business that's true in school family life mental game is the hard part so if you could give one piece of action advice like this is something you could go do today. What would it be? Learn, learn something. And, and I'm talking about like, it, it could be a hobby. You know, if you're, if you're bored or depressed, I mean, go, go find something fun, learn how to race RC cars, whatever, learn how to do that. If it's uh, if you're like me trying to learn how to market on Facebook go go online and find marketers on Facebook and follow them and watch their webinars. Uh, if it's, I mean, if, if you're in college and you're having a hard time with grades, learn how to learn, you know, like that. And that's, that's not something you can accomplish overnight, but it's something you can start now. And, and learning would be just like, it, it's key. Like if you know how you learn, you can accomplish anything. I love that, man. Yeah. Well, this has been an absolutely fascinating interview. I've really enjoyed it. I've really enjoyed spending time, you know, learning more about you, learn more about your business. And, you know, I, I know our, our listeners appreciate it too. Now, if they wanted to reach out to you um, and just ask you a marketing question or even, you know, hire you for your services, what is the best way to get in contact with you? Uh, they can email me at houseof42 at gmail.com, houseof42marketing at gmail.com. <laughs> awesome. Uh, and then you can find House of 42 on Facebook as well. Perfect. Yeah. Cool, man. Well, is there anything else that you would like to share in wrapping up? Uh, thanks for having me on the show. I mean, this has been a lot of fun. It's made me think a little bit more, helped me kind of reevaluate my goals and what I want to do. Uh, it's been nice visiting with you again. It's been a super long time. Uh, and just thank, thanks for having me on. Absolutely, man. Well, you've heard it from the man himself, Mr. Garrett Gross. Um, again, we appreciate him spending the time on this episode with us. 
And for everybody listening today, just remember, go out and infuse hope to those in need by teaching correct principles that lead to result-driven action. You do this, I guarantee you, you'll be able to find the happiness, the fulfillment, and really just the best parts of life that you can ever imagine. Because that's what it really comes down to is spreading hope, spreading light, and being that example to other people. That's how we inspire change in the world. And that's how we take our lives and our business to the next level. Thanks so much for listening and have a great day. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Wealth Reliance Podcast. If you'd like to learn more about who we are and what we do, check out our website, www.selfreliantwealthwealth.com. Are you ready to learn how you can take your life and your business to the next level? Learn how you can create side income and have different assets pay for your life and your lifestyle. Tune in next week to the Wealth Reliance Podcast. This is Dave Deal signing out. Thank you so much and have a great week.